didgeridoo means it's time for the Australian News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, February, uh, I think it's the 2nd, 2013. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 234. And I'll tell you what, that's amazing memory. Grant, as you sound like you're on a remote connection, why aren't you in the studio? Um, probably because I'm too busy swanning it up, travelling around the world, mate. Uh, and travelling around the world. Now, we mentioned, of course, last week, as we talk to you now, you're waiting to catch your flight back here to Melbourne, and uh, you're in the airport at Kuala Lumpur. Yep, I'm here at Kuala Lumpur. Um, I'm at the international uh, terminal and I'm sitting in the Malaysian Airlines uh, business class premium cabin lounge. It's the first chance I've had to relax the whole trip, actually. Yeah, well, uh, tell us about the trip so far, mate. Now, of course, you've been over there for the uh, One World festivities as uh, Malaysia Airlines uh, now joins uh, that alliance. Uh, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, basically, a bunch of uh, journalists got flown over from around the world at uh, Malaysian Airlines' invitation. We're hosted, uh, flown, and we all got together on the uh, morning of the 31st for the uh, the actual signing and so on. The start of it in the morning was out on the tarmac here at uh, KLIA, that's Kuala Lumpur International Airport. And so we were on the tarmac uh, with the unveiling of the One World logo on a 737-800, the new One World library on the A330, and the same logo also on the A380. AJ, the uh, CEO of uh, Malaysian, was heard to say that he likes the look of the new One World Library so much that he thinks they're going to paint a lot more aircraft that colour, not just the ones they have to as part of joining One World. So, chance to chat to some of the CEOs of uh, the One World Airlines and their representatives. Very hot in the 30 plus degrees, but fortunately not very humid. So, we went to the press conference in the afternoon and we got to uh, experience that as they uh, they did the uh, speeches and so on, and then the official signing of the One World contract and the uh, famous uh, photo shoot and Q&A that came after that. And then we went to the gala dinner. During that time, I got to record an interview with Bruce Asprey, the CEO of One World. Also got to catch up with uh, AJ and Ellen Joyce at the same time, but I uh, didn't record that one. It was just a casual chat. And then the uh, next two days were spent uh, traveling around Malaysia as a guest of Tourism Malaysia, uh, checking out various uh, tourist places and uh, very intense, very busy, uh, lots of running around the place, but uh, very interesting. Fascinating place over here. Well, we might talk a bit about the service and the flight that uh, you experienced there uh, in a sec, Grant, but uh, you mentioned Bruce Ashby there, the, uh, the head of One World, and you managed to, as you said, grab a quick interview. Let's have a listen. As CEO of uh, One World, that's a pretty big responsibility and uh, now 12 airlines to coordinate. Uh, you've been doing this since 2010. How's it going for you? How are you finding the, the role? It's been going well. I was afraid when I first joined that the job would be dull and that nothing would happen. Unfortunately, I was wrong. It's actually <laughs> been quite exciting. We've had uh, you know three new members coming in, Malaysia Airlines the first, and then soon Qatar Airways and Sri Lankan Airlines. And we've had lots and lots of kind of the sort of stuff I love to do, which is kind of really looking at the global travel situation and how we compete in it and how things that happen within the alliance and relationships outside the alliance interact and how we should cope with that and kind of adapt to the world. So it's it's been fun and exciting. It's a great group of people. I've really enjoyed it. AJ was talking about doing quite a lot of work uh, to make it all happen. And I imagine that there, it involves a lot of back-end systems alignment plus branding. Uh, what other kinds of things go on that uh, a, a new member has to go through? Right. Well, a new member, it, it depends on where they start from. Now, a member like Malaysia Airlines, it's sort of a full-service carrier enrolled in GDS systems and so on. 
um, they, they, a carrier like Malaysia Airlines pretty much has all the technology in place. So the, the things that they need to focus on are exactly the ones you mentioned. What they need to do is test the links of their systems with every One World member and uh, the central um, collection points and make sure the information flows and doesn't get dropped. And really, it's, it's not... And no piece of that is particularly difficult. There's just a lot of it to do. When you offer seamless travel to a customer, you don't want to have their bag or their name or whatever lost halfway through. And so the purpose of those months of testing is just to get it all exactly perfect so that that doesn't happen. And so that that's a big part of it for them. And then the branding and so on, there are a whole set of standards and signs and things to do. And, of course, so you have to go through procedures and processes. But um, it's really a case of just sort of marching to the goal line on that sort of thing. Yeah. And they, they did it quite well and in good time and everything worked out. If you took an airline that was, um, as someone asked earlier, an LCC that really had none of those systems in place, it would be ten times as expensive and would take twice as long to do at a minimum. It would be much harder. A lot, a lot of boxes to tick and the further along you are with them already ticked. Yes, exactly. exactly. Okay. And Qantas as the sponsor, uh, they've helped bring Malaysian in. Yeah. Does that mean providing guidance as well as recommending that they join? Or um, what, it, it doesn't necessarily mean they recommend them to join, but whenever we have a new member, we assign a sponsor. And the sponsor carrier's role is to really, well, kind of do hand-holding through the whole process of joining and to have people on site to go through all the testing and kind of coordinate and really make sure it all works. And, uh, you know, it's just an extra... Helping buddy. hand from a buddy from someone who's done it before yeah. to say here's here's how you do that. Being there, done that. Watch out for this bit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this is what this is the hard part. You know, and that's not so hard. So let's do this first. And so. Now uh, you joined in 2010, so the GFC had kicked in, but things have been kind of interesting in the world of travel. Yes. Uh, things look to be picking up a little now. Uh, how have One World Airline partners, One, One World partners, gone getting through the storm and the quiet and now? How they look posed to go? Well, they, you know, they, of course, they all are different. You know, they, the, the, one of the truths about the airline business is every time you think you've made any progress, it's all taken out from under you by some external event. You know, there's a flood, a fire, a hurricane, a swarm of locusts or something. And so um, we each take our turn in the barrel, as someone used to say to me. And, uh, and so unfortunately, this is true not only of our members, but of every airline in the world. They have a few good years and then something, you know, a swarm of locusts arrives and the plane of frogs or something, yeah. and then, you know, they're back up again. Um, and so we're all cycling through this. Different regions come up and down. But as a whole, the One World Alliance has been um, pretty healthy and strong through this period. Our big business lanes of travel have been really strong. Um, even though there's been a global economic downturn, for example, if you look at New York, London, it's just booming with people and that kind of thing. So, they're, you know, we're, we're well positioned in pockets of business that are very good. And our members are, you know, doing things that I think are really good. They're, they've got a long-term view. They're really focused on quality. They're focused on kind of getting the right answer, not the short-term expedient answer. So it's a real pleasant experience to sit down with a group of a dozen people and kind of talk about it with that long-term view of how do we make this work over the long term and do it right and I, I, that's one thing i love about one world it's, it's a good bunch well there you go grant and uh, i noticed bruce was quite worried about swarms of locusts i uh, i certainly hope we don't get too many of those uh, as we fly around the world on the world's uh, passenger jets yeah well you know it's fire flood and famine that's the wonderful things that you get to experience with the airline world hey 
And uh, Grant, I noticed he mentioned there too that uh, Qatar Airways and Sri Lankan Airways are about to uh, join that alliance as well. So uh, quite a sizable alliance now. It definitely is, mate. 12 confirmed airlines now that uh, Malaysian Airlines have completed the uh, paperwork. And, you know, as was mentioned, Sri Lankan and also Qatar, they're in the process of making that happen. I did record a quick chat with uh, the chief commercial officer from Qatar uh, about joining and they have uh, started the process. So they're expecting in 2014 that they should be uh, joining. And so the upshot is that uh, if Sri Lankan and Qatar can come on, Bruce was joking at one point that uh, he wanted to have a very quick turnaround between getting number 13 and number 14 and so that they didn't have too long a time with 13 in the alliance. A bit of a superstitious joke there. Uh, Well, see, my birthday is on the 13th of April, so I'm never superstitious about these things, mate. Mm, Could explain a lot, but anyhow. (laughs) There you go, there you go. I'm also left-handed, so what hope have I got? You're doomed, mate. (laughs) Anyway, mate, you picked a pretty good week to be away for uh, as far as aviation news goes uh, outside of the event that you're at, of course. Uh, But uh, one of the stories we've been following for quite some time revolves uh, around Virgin Australia and their quest to uh, buy into a couple of other airlines here, of course, most notably Tiger Airways. And we talked last week about some of the uh, the hurdles they're facing there. But of course, we don't often talk about the impending purchase of Sky West, but uh, that's also been held up in the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. But uh, good news for them this week, that's been approved. That's correct, mate. The Virgin purchase of Sky West has been approved by the ACCC, and uh, that's going to uh, really put the cat among the canaries for uh, Qantas Link and uh, a few of the other FIFO operators because now Virgin Australia will be able to bring their marketing cloud and their network and especially their international networks into line and uh, get SkyWest into the part of that organisation. So big times ahead for SkyWest and uh, that area of the market in uh, the regional part of Australia, especially for the FIFO operations. Absolutely. And in fact, the CEO John Borghetti said uh, exactly that this week. He said, uh, quote, this acquisition will enable us to accelerate our expansion into the high growth fly-in fly-out and regional markets, and it's where uh, Qantas, at the moment at least, has it over them. They they certainly do operate into more of those markets at the moment than the Virgin Group does, but yeah, now that this has been given the go-ahead, I think uh, those days are over for the Qantas Group. Uh, they're going to have to uh, be more competitive there. You should have mentioned that to Alan Joyce when you met him. Yeah, I guess I probably should have. I was too busy uh, talking to him and AJ about Malaysian and, and One World and all the factors there, and you know, I just didn't get the chance to say, oh, by the way, now that Malaysian has joined One World, what's this mean for Red Q? But um, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone knows what that means for Red Q. It's the same as what it meant before, which is that it's not going to happen. Probably lucky that you didn't mention our segment, Grant, because if you listen to any back catalogues of Australia desks, you might have uh, tried to crash tackle you to the floor with all the nasty things we normally say about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was pretty polite to me, which indicates that he hasn't listened to all our shows. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, Grant, uh, one other story that uh, came across the desk while you are away uh, uh, when we look at defence uh, talks about the uh, now-retired fleet of uh, Royal Australian Navy Sea Kings. Uh, all except for one of them are going to be sold for parting out. That's right, mate. Uh, they're going to be converted into spares and sold off to other operators who are still maintaining the seeking in an active role, be they civilian or military, I believe. Yeah, that's right, Grant. And of course, there's still uh, many other uh, military uh, forces around the world that are using the seeking. Uh, so I'm sure that uh, they'll be looking for parts. Of course, that aircraft type is uh, quite old now. So I guess that uh, parting out is a, a good way to uh, get a good return for those airframes, given that they're not going to fly again. Uh, one of them, affectionately known as Shark 07, has been 
retained for display at the Fleet Air Arm Museum at Nowra in New South Wales. So uh, any of our listeners that are out that way, uh, you want to get out and see one of these Sea Kings, I believe Shark 07 is, uh, uh, retains quite a distinctive uh, paint scheme on it. So uh, well worth uh, seeing if you're ever out that way near Naval Air Station Nowra. <laughs> okay, mate, now you're about to jump on your flight. I can hear them calling you up there. What sort of aircraft? And uh, tell us quickly about the standard of the business yep. class seat that you're about to recline on for your uh, long trip back here to Melbourne. <laughs> on my trip out, I had an A330-300 and it had the angled lie flat seat, which means it goes to horizontal but doesn't lie flat at zero degrees. It's actually at about 12 degrees angle. So you do slide down a little bit. You know what? It wasn't that bad. And I think this time I'm going to be so tired, I will just sleep for at least a few hours on the flight back. It's an overnight flight. So I'm looking forward to getting some shut eye. It's been absolutely wonderful and uh, really quite good to experience Malaysian's uh, business class. Uh, quite fascinating. Excellent service. Good food. And in fact, one of the people I did interview while I was at the uh, One World Ceremonies was Ian McKenzie. And he's the head of catering. He was the head chef for Ansett and has been the head chef for a number of airlines. Really fascinating little chat about how Malaysian Airlines manages to uh, make that beautiful satays that works so well in the air. I better let you get to that gate before you miss that flight, mate, and I'll see you back here in Melbourne. Have a very safe flight, my friend, and I'll see you soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. It's been great to be able to uh, jump on and do the Ausdesk from so far away. Yeah, absolutely. We do it from all parts of the world. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm the very mobile Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.